Hello, welcome back to the reducer, or as we may recall, as we may retitle it, the shitter, the shittest podcast. No, it's, it's all right. If you're here, you're here. Thank you. With me today, Howard H. Smith, lead scum, is Dave Rothney, Manchester City. Hiya. Hi, 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 hey. Um, I don't know why I suddenly became uh, uh, Mark uh, Owen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking Mark Owen, you <laughs> bastard. Ah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, mind you, that does mean I get to play in soccer aid. So maybe not. You know, Ooh, maybe isn't he a Leeds fan. Oh, fucking hell! It's a bit early, but he's a Leeds fan. I think I'd managed to blank that from my memory. I really did. And now the weird thing about John Richardson, you know, we're comedians. The weird thing about John Richardson is that he's a Leeds fan and I'm really proud that he's a Leeds fan. And every time I hear him talk about Leeds, it's just like, he's fucking awesome. Yeah. Don't make me laugh. Right. And and I just want to kill his wife. So yeah, it's just as a two of them, it's just like, oh my God. Wow. And they live in Yorkshire. You know, I now don't even want to go to Hebden Bridge in case I run into either of them and they just irritate me with their faces. But um, you know. Oh, that was um. What was that? That was like almost. That was that was a really nice compliment, and then it just turned. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. But isn't that 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 is what we're all about here? On that's the that's, that's Leeds. Yeah. It, well, that is very much. That is very Leeds. Yeah, it is very Leeds. So um. So anyway, um, a couple of things. Firstly, obviously, there's that game, that four-all draw, and you know we've been messaging about what to talk about, and I was adamantly stating. It's Friday. It's fucking ancient history. It is, yeah. Um, nobody wants to hear about it. They've been listening to podcasts all week and all the rest of it. And then I thought, what a twat I was for preventing a Manchester City fan talking about, you know, one of the games of the last few seasons. Let's let let's not deny it. So that so you know, we haven't had any kind of fan perspective. So don't worry, folks. Dave, Dave's going to put this into a lovely. Uh, you know, sentence no longer than eight words. No. Yeah. <laughs> but um, of all of the stats that came out about the game, I have to point out my favourite. Because, you know, it's like, oh, it's the first time this, it's the first time that. <laughs> um, not interested. But did you know that Pep Guardiola, for a start, I was surprised the fact that he's managed 882 games. It's like... Wow, because I still think of him stupidly as a new manager. Do you know That's what I mean? Amazing. Yeah. But you think how many years he was at Barcelona and how many games you play when you're in every fucking tournament every season. Yeah. Barcelona, then he was at he was at Bayern for ages. Um, he's been at City a fair do you know what I mean? So eight hundred and eighty two games, first time for all draw. Out of 882 games, he's never been involved in a four-all draw. And that was my favourite stat of the game. I think that's it. I think you've said it. Drop the mic. You know, there is nothing... Uh, that's, that's a great stat. Um, not much to add to that. Um, Good. Um, just two <laughs> things. Nothing to do with the game, really. Well, a little bit to do with the game. Just like Pochettino. You know, this happened at Spurs when he was Spurs manager. We, we were, I think we were 3-0 up, uh, drew the game 3-all. Always the same with Pochettino in the Champions League when uh, they, not that amazing kind of two-legged game when Sterling scored in the last minute was offside. Pochettino's got, got one on City. He just doesn't, you know, he doesn't 
he goes toe to toe. And Rodri said it best at the end when he said, you know, we ended up playing their game too much. And uh, it was spot on, you know. Yeah. Um, we didn't have the usual sort of control, which made it such a brilliant game. Um, I couldn't, I mean, a couple of things annoyed me. One of them, and then I'll, be, then I'll stop. One of them, it was. this is a good thing. It was, I mean, Raheem Sterling played out of his skin. He was brilliant. Great to see him-ish. Um, and the other one was Jamie Carragher. Loving the fact that Cole Palmer um, came back and scored, well, scored against his old club. And I don't think, I mean, by the way, so a few things on Cole Palmer. He's a brilliant player. And um, I think he's done absolutely the right thing moving to Chelsea. He's going to get first team football. They're going to build a team around him. And he's going to be an England player very soon. Um, I've seen him play for England at the various levels. He was probably the player of the tournament in their last tournament. Um he left City because he needed to play and he would have been Kevin De Bruyne's replacement. You just saw the way he was playing in centre midfield. You thought, yeah, you know, but unfortunately that wasn't to be. Um, but uh, that all that said, he wasn't man of the match. Sterling was man of the match. Um, it just suited the narrative of Jamie Carragher to uh, to make Cole Palmer man of the match. But um, so as a City fan, and I'll be quiet, um, well, you know, friends of mine who go to the game know his dad quite well. In fact, my one of my mates, his sister taught Cole Palmer at primary school between the ages of four and five. She taught him PE, and she claims that she made him because she said that that was the between four and five. All those, yeah. all that, be, all that beanbag practice. That's what gave him his close control. Made made sure that he worked on his left foot. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And so apparently, I mean, this is one of these stories that I think is comes from a good source. Whether or not it's true or not, is you know, that's football. But apparently, the, the story was, at the start of this season, Cole Palmer, um, his what, his first option, what he wanted to do to get more football, was to go to Burnley on loan and play with Vincent Company. And Pep said to him, you're not going on loan because I want you in the first team. You're going to get him more minutes this season. And it clearly wasn't enough minutes for Cole Palmer. So then City kind of half cooked up this deal that he was going to go to West Ham on a buyback. Um, so then we'd you know, obviously get him back. And Cole Palmer said, no, not going to West Ham. So then the Chelsea thing came up and uh, they said, and apparently his dad or one of his family or somebody close to him said, Chelsea, are you sure? You're going from Man City where you can't really get in a team to kind of a similar situation at Chelsea. And apparently Cole Palmer said, nah, nah, nah. And then he listed Chelsea's midfield and went, well, I'm better than him. I'm better than him. I'm better than him. (laughs) <laughs> brilliant yeah I mean who knows if that's true or not but I love yeah. the shrug when he put the pen away I mean there you go yeah typical of a Man United fan um that kind of uh which he is um is which he? is yes he's a United oh I didn't fan. know that oh forget all that yeah yeah brilliant. fuck him oh brilliant <laughs> brilliant oh forget all that parts and yeah he's a United fan he was outed yeah. um but I t- but the yeah the score the 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 celebration brilliant and also, I think it's worth listening to like ex footballers on things like this, and like you know Shearer on the um, and that's football podcast. He was he was just going just like the balls on him, yeah, the fucking balls on him, yeah, yeah. You know, you give that to me, I'm fucking taking it. Yeah, he's got a touch of the skulls about him. Ooh, good shout, good shout. In terms I, of mentality, I thought he was a striker. Yeah, I uh, he was a striker. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, the way it works with Pep is everybody's a midfielder and told until told otherwise. 
Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. And, and no, unless your name's Erling Haaland. <laughs> yeah, and you yeah. all play out wide until you get to 28, and then you might be allowed to play in the middle. So yeah. uh, Bernardo Silva's finally, after years of being the best player on the pitch, is finally allowed to play yeah. centre midfield. But, yeah, yeah. Well, um, uh, I, I, no, I no, but the ball's on him. You're right. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, that's all right. True, truly great, great game. Cole Palmer. Um, yeah. I th- well, again, as well, it said he's al- he's already played more minutes for Chelsea than he has than he did for Man City in his entire career. So, yeah. and and I just think you know I'm sure Pep wanted to keep him. I think it's one of those. It's one of those. It wasn't that Cole Palmer um, isn't good enough. It's that he's not he's not the right player for Pep right now. And as a player, he he just and maybe he doesn't have the love of the club that Foden has as well. You know, Foden being a City fan since he grew up and all the rest of it. Um and he's just thought, nah, fuck this. Also, there there is a there is a player and look at Foden and say, Well, if you know, if I'm if I'm that age and I'm playing that much. I'm still unhappy. So, you know, because we the thing is, everyone keeps going on about Phil Foden and how amazing he is. He doesn't play every week by any stretch of the imagination. Spends huge, you know, parts of the season on the bench not getting a kick. And Guardiola's still buying other players in his position. You know, he's yeah. like, oh, well, I've got Phil. No, no. I mean, the, the thing about, the thing about Pep, I'm, We've really got to change the subject very soon. But the thing about Pep that really I think everybody misses is you see him interviewed and he's, oh, it's Pep. And you hear him talk about Manchester and he likes to live in the city, not out in the countryside. And he loves the vibe. And he's very much, you know, Manchester will always be in his heart for the rest of his life. And you just think, oh, what a nice guy, what a nice guy. He is as fucking ruthless as they come. And he doesn't give a fuck who you are. You disagree with him once. Everyone's got. A, everyone's entitled to their opinion. Twice. Which club would you like to play for? Because <laughs> it's not this one. Yeah. No, I agree. It's a, yeah. And and it doesn't matter who you are or how good you are. Fucking yeah. do one. Cancelo. Everyone thought Pep would smooth that over because he couldn't afford to lose him. Really? Nah. <laughs> not a chance. Yeah, you're right, and we will we will get off the subject. Um, but I, yeah, I think it was just one of those. I think it's more. It, it speaks to what you were saying about his balls and his confidence. I think Cole Palmer, th- twenty one, thinks I should be playing every week for a Premier League team. Uh, I'm not going to play every week at Man City. I'll probably get, I will get minutes, and he would have got more minutes this year after Mara's left. But he's just backing himself and going, no, I'm going to yeah. go and play for somewhere, and I'm going to go. Yeah. I'm going to be in the first team, and I'm going to play every week, and I'm going to be in the England team, and I'm going to go to the Euros. Yeah, there you go. Well, I, I think, think I think I also happen. think um, I think if you're a player at City and you're like you're in a queue, you know, there's there's the the several, and you're thinking like you know, I'm going to be number one, I'm going to be number one, I'm going to be number one, and there's someone in your way, and that person get that person moves on, and you go, oh, oh, Brit, oh, he's got a fucking brought another fucking first choice in, yeah, you know, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, well. Calvin Phillips, he's now got to get past what fucking Rodri and Kovacic basically. Yeah. No, I feel the only way he's going to get past them is on a bus to Newcastle. Yeah, no, I agree. 
So we don't want to talk about City all the time. There's no no. So, so that was the four all. That was the four all draw. And one thing I wanted to ask you, as a fan watching it, yeah, um, was it because to me, having only got watched the highlights, to me it didn't reach the heights of um, Liverpool Newcastle or Man United Man City for that matter. It did. It it didn't. It didn't have that feel. But I watched both those games live, so I kind of missed out. Was it like, you know? Um, well, the only thing I'd say is that we knew. I mean, from from where I was sitting, and I'm a bit of an old bastard now, so I don't get as you know, it, it's not as crucial as it was. But it wasn't a crucial game. That's the main thing. If that had been the business end of the season, right? It would have been yes, absolutely nerve shreddingly devastating to have conceded that penalty in the last minute. But yeah. it, it so it, because of where it was in the season, that's the only reason I think because. It was four all. We were going to be top of the league going into the international break anyway. I think hadn't, uh, the, the result, Tottenham had lost to Wolves the day before. You know, it was kind of the results had sort of mainly gone our way. So it was, and I thought, yeah, so that's the reason. But if that had happened three day, three games before the end of the season, uh, and it's yeah. and tuck, I mean, that would have gone down as, you know, one of the yeah. biggest disasters probably. In our, you know, it could have killed our, killed our title hopes or, you know, who knows? So that's it. It just lacked that edge. Whereas a derby's always got that edge. Um, and that Liverpool Newcastle to which you refer was, of course, so much riding on that game, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, it kind of killed Newcastle, didn't it? So that's yeah. that's what I think. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, um, obviously we've got some internet. We've got internationals coming up. Um, England have already qualified. Now, yeah, qualified again for a tournament qualifying was relative you know fairly routine and you know i know i know fans of other home nations wales scotland um uh northern ireland um they'll all be like oh you know england qualified so what beat a load of fucking shit team. well we, we kind of beat italy this time home and away so, you know, and because we did poorly in the Nations League when we got beaten by Hungary, that dropped us down. That's why we're playing slightly stronger teams than we were. But we've qualified again and we're, and, you know, we're going to be one of the favourites to win it um, up there with, you know, France, us. Um, and, you know, I was going to say the usual suspects, but the usual sus suspects, Italy is struggling to qualify. Spain is struggling to qualify. They could both still not qualify. Mm. Uh, the Dutch are all, all over the place as usual. Um, and I was kind of thinking, you know, we, we you know, we, we sort of talked about the, um, the, the FIFA top 10 where, and where we're, you know, where we are in that and where, um, and where um, everybody else is in that. And, you know, you see Spain 10th, USA 11th. And it's like, if you look, it's, it is the new world order. And it's shifting. And the weird thing is, is that because England fans, and I don't include myself in this because I would call myself a supporter and we've always made a, drawn a line between fan and supporter. A lot of England fans have lived their entire lives thinking that England are one of the best, you know, three or four teams in the world and going to every tournament thinking we should do well or we could possibly win it, which let's be honest in our lifetimes is pretty much bullshit most of the time. And, but now we actually do have a team that is, the, you know, that is in the top three best sides in the world. 
that could potentially win. And it's it, 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 it's it's the result of so much money being spent, so much money coming into the game in the Premier League. And if you look internationally, I just kind of wonder, the French are an exception, but it's almost like what's happening, you know, with the Premier League becoming so, you know, so much stronger because there's so much money that it's almost weakening other leagues because players want to come to the Premier League. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and the money involved and all the rest of it. And I'm, and I'm just, it's like, I'm just kind of wondering, wondering if it's sort of bleeding over into an international football a little bit as well um, because of the vast amounts of money spent on youth and, and everything else. Yeah, it's I mean, I, an I arms race in, you know, over here. Um, and I think maybe France, it, France is a little bit, you know, of of a of an outlier in this. Um, but they addressed how to bring players through many many years ago. Um, but Italy's struggling, Spain is struggling. Um, they're not producing the players. They are, you know, Italy especially are wondering where the next generation's coming from. And I don't know, you know. Maybe. Yeah, I agree. I mean, certainly a lot of the, you all the, the all the pound notes that have gone into. Um... English football have created this academy system, which you know is ruthless if you don't make it, and you're one of those young players coming through. But I mean, it's it's just produced so many. I mean, Southgate's got so many options, and I agree. I mean, you can never say, "Oh yes, we this is the one we have to win. This is our time." All of that stuff, but it feels like, yeah, it's not yeah. that we have to win it and we're going to win it, but we've got a chance. I mean, with you know, but you know, it's, it's a long time away, and who gets injured, and who comes into form, and all those various things playing. But I mean, we've talked about this before. But you look at—I mean, Kane's just not missed a step since he's gone to Bayern. Bellingham is just—I mean, I've, I can't remember a, a British player who's gone overseas and just impressed so much in his first season. Well, we, well, we've got we've got probably the two highest. The two highest performing goal scorers in European football are English. Um, I'm not saying the two highest scorers, but the highest performing. That's ridiculous. And all and, and one thing on Kane that you brought up there, I, I, you know, there's been there's that debate. Oh, you know, German football, bit of a weak league, blah blah blah. Or is Kane now getting the kind of numbers he would have been? If he'd gone to City two seasons ago, if he'd gone to Man United three seasons ago, if he'd gone to Chelsea, you, you're seeing what Kane can do in a top team that um, dominates opponents, as opposed to a team that would be lucky to get in the Champions League. Yeah, and he's, I mean, his numbers are pretty good for them as well, Tottenham. I mean, what, he was scoring... 25 yeah. a season, wasn't it, for Tottenham? 25 well, anybody who beats, uh, beats any of Jimmy Greaves' records... Is a, is phenomenal because they've stood for fucking ages. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, it, it's ridiculous. To what the only doing. thing I'd say uh, to add to what you're saying, I agree with it. Except, you know, the old cliche that these things go in cycles. Uh, so I don't think you're gonna. I, I'm not. I always hesitate to say there's a new world order because I think generally it's a bit like you know. I still think that there's great those teams like Italy, Spain. Yeah, they're having a bit of a lull, lull at the moment, but it is only a matter of time, I think, before they'll discover the next the next generation. And I remember after the hand wringing after Sven Joran Eriksson and the so called golden generation, 
And um, I mean, you've got a better memory for this than I have. Not that you're older, because we're not we're the same age, but more that you've got a very good football memory. But I was trying to think the other day about there was a real kind of point in time where we didn't really have a striker after kind of um, between. No, 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 no. You're, you're hitting one of my favourite well, we subjects. No, yeah, you're hitting exactly. one of my favourite subjects now, which is, which is the total and utter absence of expectation under Roy Hodgson. Yeah. As yeah. Roy goes to the Euros and we finally beat Sweden in a competitive yeah. game. Scorers, yeah. Danny Welbeck and Andy Carroll. Well, there you go. That's what I'm saying. We, you know, there was Andy that... Carroll, by the way, who's banging them in in fucking um, the uh, French first division. How oh, is he? Yeah. How oh, is he? He's yeah. Jordy Harland. He's, yeah, uh, yeah. Scandy Carroll. Yeah. Scandy Carroll. That's it. Scandy Carroll. Um, yeah. So, so you know, we went through that kind of period where you thought, actually, where, are we ever going to be good at football again? Yeah. And you know, now look Lost at twice us. And... So, so I think it. Yeah. I mean. Well, it was well as you just described, Andy Carroll and Danny Welbeck. Um, you know, that yeah. was they, they were the best strikers in the country at the time, and everybody thought, "Oh, well, it's never going to come back," and it has. So, uh, so I yeah. do think that it will, it will, and Germany will get it right again. Germany always do, you know. They'll just. But look, I, I'm kind of enjoying it. But no, oh god, yeah, absolutely. No, at the moment, this is our time. You know, we have, we've come a long way, and we, we we copied the German model. You know, it's all well documented about what we did. We looked at that. Oh yeah, German side that won the World Cup, and go right, we'll do that. And we've had that brilliant consistency, which we haven't had in my lifetime, where we stick with one manager, and all the players love playing for him, and so he's just got oh, it. I love all the any... players buy in. So if we we could have three or four, we don't want to lose Bellingham or Kane. But you could lose a couple of players to injury and you've got others to step up into that midfield, which we've not had for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Well, my my ideal um, outcome for the Euros would be to win it and Southgate goes, I've done what I set out to do. Mm. That's me. Because I think there's kind of a ready-made replacement at the moment. Well, on. well uh I as as always, I need I always need or end up saying something that uh offends and winds up Geordie's Eddie Howe. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I thought you were gonna say Daniel Farr. He's, no, he, um, he's calm, he's collected. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You fuck off with that as well. <laughs> um, yeah. He's calm. He's um, people love yeah. playing for him. He's tactically astute. Um, he he is he's another modern English manager, and I think he would take over, and I think it it, it could be fairly seamless. Um, but you know, I mean, obviously, we'll, you know, we we'll wait and see. But um, yeah, I I think that could be a you know a, a real a a real transfer of power that would work nicely. I I have to say I'm sorry, but I agree with you. you know. <laughs> That's no fun. I know exactly, exactly. No, I do. I agree. I think that you know that should all play out. Make it so. Let's yes. See. Yeah. 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 So this weekend, then there's no Premier League. There, we're playing Malta tonight. Um, so what you see normally? So I just want to tell you this. Um, so my two sons on a Saturday go and watch Colwyn Bay, which is a local team, win the Good. Welsh League. Good. We're bottom of the league. 
Um, and my is hang on, hang on. There's a Welsh league. Yeah, Get yeah. Fucking Wrexham and Swansea in its suits as soon as Cardiff as well in the bin. Back to where you're from. <laughs> oh, uh, I was going to tell you something that yeah. on that rant, the New Saints TNS, right? Do you remember TNS? They used to be called Total Network Solutions. Right, yeah. They're they're in the Welsh. They're top of the um, they're top of the league, and they win it every year. They're like the the it's them that win the Welsh league every year. All oh, right, and they, and they never get promoted. Uh, well, no, the New Saints, no. So they so um, they are. Here's a stat, but unlike oh. you, I won't be able to say it in such a crisp way. Smash it down the middle, mate. They they are. They're top of the Welsh League, but they're based in England. So they play in the FA Cup. Yeah. And they also play, because they won the Welsh League, they get to play in the Scottish Cup as well. And I don't know how oh, the fuck that works. Hell. How so they're they an English team. That? They're an English team. No, they're an English team. No, they're, they're, an English, they're, they're based in England. They're in the Welsh League and they're playing the Scottish FA Cup. That's what it is. I don't know why. That is... Because if, if you win the Welsh League, you get into the Scottish FA Cup. I don't know what the second prize is. That's a poison but, uh... chalice, isn't it, really? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But so, yeah. But um, so, so I was thinking, uh, because obviously there's no Premier League this uh, this weekend, I was thinking, well, and actually, yeah, just a little footnote. So the, so the lad that takes my kids there, because my late, my... Son Oliver's friend Thomas, his dad Rob takes them, and uh, he's he's a Leeds fan. So there you go. Hey. So I've got two very close friends who are Leeds fans, and uh, funnily enough, you both kind of we should get him on this actually. I mean, you both agree on on that. So every time you say something about Leeds, I'll be discussing it with Rob, and it's just funny he's got exactly the same kind of view of the whole thing. Ah, um, but right. so I thought, so I thought, well, that'd be nice then because there's no football this Saturday, so I'll, I'll take him to Colwyn Bay. Not playing till Sunday. Ponty Preeth away. And Ponty Preeth, I mean, that's like, they might as well be going to Scotland. So yeah. we're not doing yeah. that. Ponty Preeth. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, firstly, thanks for introducing. The, the, I, that's amazing. That is I mean, uh, even more amazing than the fact that Chester City's ground is yeah. in England and Wales. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Very I think that's fucking brilliant. Have you um, heard the chant that they get when they... Oh, uh, you're, no, you're Welsh yeah. and you know you are, which is yeah. they chant at the end, the end that's in Wales. That's always yeah. the way end chant is you're Welsh and you know you are. Brilliant. Uh, <laughs> Fuck them. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, no, not at all. Not at all. No, I, I, it, it's just that is that is I've never heard of that before. I've never heard of uh, uh, of, of any of that. Um, so VAR. Oh, yeah. Uh, Stick, twist, bust. Um, I, oh God, I, I yeah. I mean, you, you'll probably. So my 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 answer on this is, uh, I listened to you. Know, obviously, the Rugby World Cup's been on, so there's been a lot of discussion there. And I would say, and you'd speak to the rugby referees, and they say, look, football is a very is a long way behind rugby. Rugby yeah. started this a long time ago. They had lots of teething problems. You just didn't hear about them because it wasn't really a thing. Eventually. Football will get it right. I also read an article by Matthew Syed yesterday and who blamed Alex Ferguson, so that always gets my vote. And he said, you know, Fergie always used to tell his players to get in the referees' faces. And he says the only kind of sanction for this, you know, sorry, they'll slightly going off point, but I'll come back. 
kind of on the descent point, and you just send people off. So you need to give referees more more power on the pitch. And I think VAR, it, it feels to me like you should be able to get it right. And if you copy rugby and you have it up on the board, everybody knows what's happening. Everybody yeah. knows when the clock's been stopped. Yeah. Then you can buy into it more. But it's the mystery and the kind of everybody hates uncertainty. And so if you're not sure what's going on, I mean, nobody wants to go to sport to be sitting there going, what's going on? You want to know what's going on. You want to watch it. You want to see it unfold. Uh, look, absolutely. You've hit a very, very, a, a very, very interesting point there because I heard um, uh, Andros Townsend, um, who was out for two years and is back playing football for for Luton uh, and eating chicken feet. Um, uh, every he eats chicken feet every night. Um, lots of, for the for the collagen because he had a knee injury. And yeah, basically, sure. it's really interesting. I heard an interview with him where he, he was taking like nearly twenty pills a day, and he just looked at in, in his hand one day and just put them all in a bin and went, "It's got to be a better way of doing this." Went online, done his research, and he's eating all sorts of different things that are high in the pills he was taking. What was in the pills? Um, and he said he feel he feels better now than he did before his knee injury, even in his mid twenties. He said his recovery is so much easier. And he's absolutely killing it. And it's just, he's just massively changed his diet. Um, but anyway, what he was saying was, because he hadn't played for ages with VAR. And um, he was saying that as a player, you're pretty much in the same position as the fans. He said, basically, the game stops and you stand around wondering what the hell's going on. Right. And, and, and he said, it's like, we're all talking to each other again. What do you think it could be? What's, you know, what? and he said, that's right. got to be the same conversation that's going on in the stands. It's like, it's it's ridiculous. It's not just people watching you don't get it. It's everybody. And it's it's just bang out of order. And, I, I, and you have to take rugby's lead here. And you mentioned something there that I really want to pick up on. And I think, could be huge, but it could be a massive bone of contention. But I felt this way for a long time, right? For a start, A, why is the bloke in the middle who's under all the pressure to make all the decisions, why the hell, unlike any sport you can think of, is he also the the official timekeeper? That's, that makes no sense at all, right? And secondly... All this, oh, it's fucking 98th minute. Well, you stop the fucking clock. You stop the argument. Simple as that. People all of a sudden forget that there was eight minutes of VAR time in the game because the game isn't 98 minutes. You know, it, it's yeah. just just stop the fucking clock. Everybody knows where rugby, they yeah. stand. And like rugby, keep the ball in play. If a team can keep the ball in play... You know, keep it in play, keep it in play. The game doesn't finish till the ball goes dead. You could have a team equalise with literally, or a winner with literally the last kick of the game. And there's no way back for the opposition. It's, but yeah. hey, hey, you know, crazy. But it's, it's great when you hear kind of rugby referees. It's just so funny. They're just like really yeah. firm, clear dads. Yes. Just, just, you see these kind of enormous bruising 
kind of forwards just go yeah yeah okay okay yeah and then you hear then you hear the var truck because of this i'm doing this because of that you stay there yeah. you go there you step there no tea for you and you get your pajamas on and just brush your teeth <laughs> and go to bed and you, you just and you just see them all just kind of like going, yep yeah okay okay and, uh, but, you, but you know what also then you hear the var truck and do you know what it sounds like it sounds like a load of um stand-in teachers like yeah. nervous who don't know what they're doing and um and alan shearer has a great point on this and this you know to your point on uh how we need to catch up it's a completely different discipline why have you got a referee who can run around on the pitch and referee a game why why is he sat in a trailer watching the telly mm. it's a different discipline entirely yeah it should yeah. be that it should be Specifically, officials, VAR official, never refs a live game. You know that is that's their job to under this to understand the game that way, because that's yeah. what they're administering is what they're seeing on TV. Yeah, and I, I, don't, I, I think that's a great point. Yeah, they do sound like teachers or or stoners sitting on the sofa. Yeah. Who's got the remote control? Where's the? I've got it. Have you got it? I definitely have not got the remote control. Hang on, hang on. Was was this given or was it not not given? Because <laughs> I can't remember. Can you? It was only a fucking thirty seconds ago. Well, can you remember? No, I can't remember either. Don't All right, well, get up. Allow it. Uh, allow it. It's a goal. They've already started. You, you didn't <laughs> give it. Oh fuck! Somebody skid up. You get a pizza's here. I think, but I think you just need some get get rugby people involved in it. Actually, organising, administrating it, and then we'll. Because uh, you're absolutely right. And the and the other thing with the other thing that's always annoyed me as well, which recently I heard referred to, and I was glad that it was referred to, and it was by Gary Lineker, and but obviously because of his love of cricket. But um, look, if it was a penalty, if it if it is a penalty, just about, but the referee didn't give it. It's not clear and obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's the same as it's hitting the stumps, but he gave it not out. So it's not LBW. You know, it's it's basically saying we stick with the ref's call. If he's massively wrong, we change it. Yeah. And if he's not, we don't. That should be acceptable. You know, that should be acceptable. And, all, and, and uh, you know... People thought that the that the people's one of people's arguments about VAR coming in was we're arguing about referees' decisions is one of the fucking joys of the game. Sitting in the pub, slagging the ref. Oh, they've got this wrong. You got this wrong. Oh, you know, don't bring in TV. It'll ruin that. That's part of football. We've brought in TV. It's made that even bigger. Yeah. Now you've got more people to slag off. Fucking fucking referee got it right. Such cunts in that fucking trailer. They got it wrong in Stockley Park, which nobody knew existed until VAR came out. And it's only about two miles from my house. Is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been down, been down there with the Molotov cocktail. <laughs> I haven't. I don't give a shit. We're in the championship. Fucking brilliant. Yeah, you don't want to be inciting violence against the VAR chaps. Nah. Nah, I would definitely get a sending off. Um, well, anyway, look, folks, that's all we got for you today. Um, that's all from myself. Thanks for listening. Lovely to see you, Dave. Will I be seeing you next week well, as well? Thank you for having me. Yeah, see you next week. Awesome. I've got an idea for an uh, 11. Okay? Good. 
have a think about this because for once we might actually be prepared. The on loan 11. Oh, okay. 11 players who are currently on loan, which you'd think, fucking hell, surely they'd walk into any team, kind of. Yeah, cool. There you go. There's a there, that's all the that is that is literally all the planning we did, all we, all the planning we do, and you got to hear it live on this week's episode. Uh, thanks a lot, Dave. Um, uh, I'll you. see you next week, and thanks for listening, everybody. Always a pleasure, never a chore. <laughs>